Good morning. It's dark out there. We can go ahead and hit the lights here a little bit if we could so I can see who I'm talking to. We're going to have a video clip later, so I will go up and down a little bit. But uh, it's good to see everybody. And uh, Finn, I like the accent. That was good. There's another reason Finn was up here waving a spear around. Today I'm going to be talking to you about your name. What is your name? And Phinehas has kind of a peculiar name, right? Anybody else here named Phinehas in our, in our crew? I don't think so. Uh, let me read, uh, uh, I'll tell you a story about Phinehas. I'm going to just read one verse, Psalm 106.30. But Phinehas stood up and he intervened. And the plague was checked. This was credited to him as righteousness for endless generations to come. Phinehas was the grandson of the high priest Aaron. And when the people were wandering in the desert, uh, they started to rebel. And, and some, of the, some of the people, uh, some of the men started taking wives that were not Hebrew. They were taking them from the Midianites. And they were starting to sin. There was lots of sexual immorality going on. And this plague started to hit the people. And instead of saying, whoops, we're screwing up, whoops, this isn't what we should be doing, they actually kind of got defiant in the face of God. And one guy goes out, finds a woman from another, uh, another country, brings her into the middle of the community, the middle of the congregation. They go into a tent and they start doing it together. And this enrages Phinehas with a righteous anger. This is not about the man and the woman. This is not about uh, the people. This is about them defying God. And so Phinehas goes, he grabs a big old spear, he walks in, and he pins them both to the ground. Fun little story. And the plague stops. The Bible says that was credited to Phinehas' righteousness for all generations. Side note, if you're tempted to push on uh, open dorm hours at night, Finn still has a spear. <laughs> Just kidding, I'm not going to. That's where Finn's name comes from. And once he knows where his name comes from, you stand a little bigger. You stand a little, you know that you come from a legacy of great men. You come from a legacy of strong and courageous men, men who are not afraid to take a stand. And it changes them. Names are important, right? School mascot names. I have to confess, I, my first coaching job was at a school called Minnetonka, Minnetonka High School in Minnesota. You know what their mascot was? The skippers. <laughs> Try being real intimidating when you are the skippers. They were on a lake, and the school's around its big Lake Minnetonka, and they did lots of sailing, apparently, but sailing does not necessarily translate well to the football field or basketball court. I like the fact we're the Warriors. Uh, I think our conference has some really weird mascot, like Aspire. All right, a, a, an inanimate spire, it's like a pointy thing, or... How is a Swede scary? 
You know, you know what I'm saying? I, I want something that's going to create a little bit of a fear, or a thresher, a farm implement of some, co- some kind. I don't know. I, I, I like being the warriors. But names matter. My name, last name is Jaderston. In the entire world, my uncle Steve, my dad George, my brother Brian and Craig, myself, or my brother Jerry, I can't forget Jerry. My brother Jerry, I gotta get him all right there. Myself and my three sons are the only families in the entire world named Jaderston. With our boys growing up, listen, you carry a name. It's not like having the name Smith, where you can do something, there's a whole lot of Smiths. If a Jaderston does something, everybody knows who you belong to. Wear it well. Wear it well. Where you go, what you do, how you work, how you perform, how you compete, how you love your wife, how you father your kids, that's what people will associate with the name Jaderston. We all know how this works, right? I uh, had a great friend in, in high school. His name was Sean. And if you're in any Sean's out there, anybody? There's a Sean. You're a cool dude. I don't know anything about you, but you got the name Sean. In my mind, you're a cool dude. If, if, you're a, if you're a Greg or a Steve or a Chad, I don't like you. Because those are all ex-boyfriends of my wife. And, and just automatically, okay? Do we have a Carla? Any Carlas? I hope not, because Carlas are crazy. That was a girl I dated. She's nuts. Um, and so if you say you're Carla, I immediately take a step back. That's, that's what names do, right? If your name is Julie... I trust you. My wife is the most gullible person in the world. And it's really fun. You can have a lot of, lot of fun with that. Do you know why most people who are gullible are that way? Because they tell the truth. And they don't expect people to lie to them. I trust my wife. When she says something, it's true. And so when somebody says, my name's Julie, right away, I'm like, that's a trustworthy person. Names matter. Some of you struggle with living with your name. Sometimes Christians are really miserable because we take on the name of Jesus, then we pretend it's not really our name. And we're living kind of a dual personality. Oh, you know, in chapel or in church, or with the right people, we're going to say the right things and do the right things, but... As soon as we go someplace else, we are embarrassed of that name. And I'm going to tell you, until you become comfortable with your name, until you become comfortable with your identity, you will have a hard time having a deep relationship with somebody. Matter of fact, if you hope to someday, if you aspire to fall in love deeply and have, have this relationship and, and, and spend the rest of your life with somebody, until you know who you are and you're comfortable with your identity, you can't share yourself completely with somebody else. You've got to know your own identity before you can get any level of intimacy. In life, there are these moments where you have to choose. In Genesis 32, we come across one of those moments. It's a story about a guy named Jacob. Jacob's name means somebody who grabs the heel. 
What that meant in the day is somebody who was a deceiver or somebody who was a con artist or somebody who was always trying to gain an advantage. And that was Jacob's entire life. When his older brother was out, he figured out a way to, to trade a meal for his, his brother's birthright. When his dad was going to give a blessing, Jacob disguised himself and went in and got the blessing instead of his brother. And every step along the way, when you look at at Jacob, there is this pattern of deception. Not only him, but people trying to deceive him. Deception followed him everywhere. And we get to the spot in Jacob's life where he's heading home, and he hears his brother, who he's absolutely sure is still angry. His brother is coming to meet him with a large, large crew. And Jacob is afraid. He is afraid. And so he sends everybody ahead. Um, he, they, they go ahead, and he, he stays back by himself. We don't know exactly why. Some have thought that maybe Jacob being Jacob thought, well, if somebody's going to get killed, it's going to be them, and I might be able to escape. We don't know that. But all we know is Jacob is by himself. He's scared to death of what's coming, and the one guy shows up. And they start wrestling. And they start fighting. And it goes on minutes and hours. All night long, they're fighting and wrestling. And the man finally, as dawn is coming, says, let me go. And Jacob says, no, no. Not unless you bless me. And the man says to Jacob, what is your name? And Jacob is at a moment of truth. You see, if he deceives like he normally does. He can say, my name is Joe Bob. And the guy says, oh, you're not the guy I'm looking for. Maybe he goes and finds Jacob because maybe he's out there to kill him or something. We don't know. But Jacob is stuck. Here he is. He and one person, am I going to finally own my name? Am I finally going to stop deceiving? Or am I going to continue this pattern in my life? What is your name. There's a great movie called Gladiator. In Gladiator, General Maximus, who is a loyal, loyal general for the emperor, finds his wife and child murdered. And he sets out on this quest. He becomes a gladiator. He wears a mask. And he fights and he works. And he's finally back and before the emperor for the very first time. And we have that same question posed. When you own your name, everything changes. My name is Dean Jaderston. I'm a husband, a father, a grandfather. I'm a coach and now a chaplain for the Warriors. I'm a forgiven sinner. I'm an imperfect man who tries to do his best. I'm also a new creation. I'm a loyal follower of Jesus Christ, chosen by God. I'm a child of the King. I'm going to tell you, the first time I wrote that down, I thought, this is kind of corny. This is kind of goofy. And then when I spoke it, I choked up. Because when you put words to your identity, everything changes. When you take that moment, you say, this is who I am. This is my name. Everything changes. Let's practice. 
I'm going to say, Sterling College, what is your name? You're going to say, we are the Warriors. Sterling College, what is your name? That's wimpy. Sterling College, what is your name? Sterling College, what is your name? Do you feel it change right there? It's not just you. You own that name. It becomes part of you. You become part of it. And there's a power there. That's what happened to Jacob. The man says, what is your name? My name is Jacob. And the man says, no more. Not any longer. That was your name. Now your name is Israel. Somebody who struggles with God and overcomes. Not a deceiver, not a con artist, not somebody who's always trying to gain advantage. You wrestle with God, you struggle with God, and you have overcome. And you are no longer what you were. And everything changes for Jacob at that moment. What happens when you get married, ladies? Usually, you take on a new name, correct? I don't know if it's still the case. My wife still has old journals where she was practicing writing Jaderston. I thought it was kind of cool. All right. Do you know that comes from the Bible? That when you get married, you get a new name? Let me read in Isaiah 62. You will be called by a new name that the mouth of God will bestow. You will be a crown of splendor in the Lord's hand, a royal diadem in the hand of your God. No longer will they call you deserted or name your land desolate. That was your former name. You were deserted. You were left alone. You were desolate. Instead, you will be called Hepzibah, which means my delight is in her. And your land will be called Beulah, married. For the Lord will take delight in you. There's a symbolism when we take on a name. It means, just like it tells us that God, if we choose to follow him, we are no longer in sin. We are in Christ Jesus. We are no longer enemies of God. We are heirs in Christ Jesus and friends of God. We have a new name. And if you choose to acknowledge that name, let me just read some things that that means for you. It means you're forgiven. It means you have a hope. It means that no matter how dark it gets, you have a God who walks beside you and sees you through. It means you have a purpose. It means you are loved and you have significance that you didn't even realize before. It means life can and will be different. It means you have gone from not loved to love to not belonging to belonging from not deserted to someone who God has delight in. It means you're a new creation and the old is gone and the new has come. John 10.10 10 says this, I have come, this is Jesus talking, that you might have life and have it to the full. I like the way the message paraphrases this. I came so that you can have real and eternal life, more and better life than you ever dreamed of. But you can't have that life and live under an old name. 
Peter tells us that if you live under a new name, there are times you are going to suffer and you're going to be persecuted. I'm going to flip the switch here a little bit. Some of you who already claim to have a new name, that you are followers of Jesus, that is great, but I want to challenge you a little bit. If you've never been persecuted or suffered because you are a follower of Jesus, you don't wear that name very well. That's a hard truth, and I have to apply that to me too. There's times in my life where I've hidden my identity really well. But the Bible tells us that people aren't going to like the fact that we're followers of Jesus. That if we take the stands that we need to take and we stand for what's right, there are people who are going to oppose us. And if you've never suffered for your faith, if you've never been mocked for your faith, if you've never been persecuted, then you're wearing an anonymous jersey right now. And some of us who claim to have that name have to take a hard look at ourselves. What is your name? Stories told of Alexander the Great as he was at a battle and a young man was running the wrong way. He was in retreat and Alexander stopped him. And he said, what, where are you going? The guy said, the enemy is too great. He said, young man, what is your name? And the man said, my na- or the boy said, my name is Alexander. Alexander looked him in the eyes and says, change your actions or change your name. Change your actions or change your name. If you wear the name Alexander, you don't run away from a fight. You don't back down no matter what the enemy is like. You go toward the action. You go toward the battle. When you take the name of Jesus, when you are in Christ, there is a hope and a power and a change that comes over us and we can endure anything. What is your name? This also happens collectively, though. This is a great time to be at Sterling College. The fall, everybody's kicking off their teams. There's a lot of energy. A little bit ago, we we spoke together, and as we took on this name of the Sterling College Warriors, When you buy in, when you are a part of that, when you take on and embrace that identity, something changes. Again, I'm going to speak really honest and candidly to you. Some of you still like to wear your old school t-shirts because you're not quite a warrior yet. That's okay, it takes a little bit of time. And sometimes it just means you haven't done laundry in a couple weeks, so that's, that's just the way we rule. If you're a freshman, if you're a freshman, those were great years, but you're at a new place and there is a new identity to step into fully. If you're a transfer, you may have had a great experience, but now is a new day. And if you step into this fully and completely, there is a collective power that goes beyond you and it goes beyond me. And in a place like this, I believe it's fueled also by the power of God, but, but teams experience that all over. I prayed for a young man named Landon. Landon played for me my first year here at Sterling College. Landon has the very unique feat of being the leading scorer in the KCAC and the second leading scorer on our team. 
We had a kid named Josh who was averaging 28 points a game and broke his wrist at Christmas and ended his career. And so Josh couldn't play in enough conference games to be in the conference race. And after he broke his wrist, I said, Landon, we need you. you got to step up. And Landon said, okay, here I come. And Landon's kind of gone in different directions. They moved and came, moved back. Um, about a year ago, I got a, a neat message from Landon. Coach, you know that uh, Bible you gave us as seniors? He said, I found it when we moved, and I started reading it. We started talking about faith and some things. About three weeks ago, I got a message from Landon. Coach, I, uh, I was diagnosed with MS. I wanted you to know, we're back in Nashville where I can get treatment. I want you to pray for me. I have a video. I watch it every day. I watch it every day, and, it, and, and I'm still a warrior. 13 years later, he's still a warrior. 13 years later, he's still connected to you and to me. There is a power. There is a power when we take on the same name. When we put aside our stuff and we say, yes, I am joining with everybody in this room, everybody on this campus, I am a warrior. Sterling College, what is your name? Sterling College, what is your name? Wear it well. You're dismissed.